You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI. everyone and welcome to the CyberWire's Research Saturday. I'm Dave Bittner and this is our weekly conversation with researchers and analysts tracking down threats and vulnerabilities and solving some of the hard problems of protecting ourselves in a rapidly evolving cyberspace. Thanks for joining us. And now a word from our sponsor, Six Sense. SixSense provides award-winning cloud-based automated endpoint and vulnerability management solutions to streamline IT and security operations. With its advanced platform, businesses gain complete visibility and control over their infrastructure, reducing IT and security risks, and optimizing operational efficiency. With SixSense, you'll get real-time alerts, risk-based vulnerability prioritization and remediations, and an intuitive automation and orchestration engine so you can focus on your core business goals. Confident in the knowledge that your enterprise is secure, compliant, and running smoothly. To learn why enterprises choose SixSense, visit SixSense.com. You know, one of my coworkers had come to me and said, hey, we're, we're hearing about this salt stack vulnerability that's going around and there are systems being compromised on the internet. Do you know anything about it? And I'm like, well, no, I've actually never heard of salt stack before. That's Larry Cashdollar. He's a senior security response engineer at Akamai Technologies. The research we're discussing today is titled Salt Stack Vulnerabilities Actively Exploited in the Wild. So the first thing was to go and start looking at what Salt Stack was. Uh, I hadn't used it before, and it turns out that it's a um, it's like a management system for other systems. Hmm. Um, it's it's like an infrastructure uh, automation software where you can use it to you know deal or, or manage your systems, um, you know push configurations, um, update services, things like that. Your collection of systems on your network, hmm. and you know I hadn't ever used it or heard of it. So the next thing was to try and collect information about what was going on. Um, I had a friend who had his system compromised send me some of the binaries that he had found. He sent me some of the scripts that I used to collect some of the other binaries and and scripts that he didn't see on his system. And then I began 
investigating, you know, what systems were being targeted, what were they being targeted with, how were they being, you know, was their persistence being established, what were the uh, perpetrators actually doing on the system, and and then uh, I was pointed to a Slack channel where there was a group of SaltStack uh, users and researchers that were investigating the same thing I was. So I jumped on there and started, you know, getting information from them, sharing information, and just uh, trying to help them to decipher what the malware was doing. Um, and we were sharing samples with each other, sort of like a collaborative community thing. And then uh, I had issued an, uh, you know, uh, I sent out a blog post just to alert the internet as a whole, you know, Akamai customers as a whole as to what was going on. And that if you were indeed running SaltStack, that you needed to patch it immediately and possibly investigate Make sure that, you know, your system had been compromised already already because there were widespread attacks that had already been published in the news and, and there were already some major sites had been compromised. So uh, it was an active attack and trying to just help people who were affected get their systems cleaned up and patched and, and people that were unaware to make them aware that, hey, you know, this, this vulnerability is actively being stored on the Internet and if you're running this, you need to patch it immediately. Well, can you describe to us uh, what the vulnerability is and, and how it was being exploited? So the vulnerability was disclosed by researchers at F-Secure. There were two vulnerabilities. One was remote code execution, and the other is a, uh, I think it was a path traversal. And I had zeroed in on the remote code execution because that was the most interesting one. So what this would do is it would bypass authentication and allow a malicious user to execute code or, or yeah, code on the, on the SaltStack system as root. And that was pretty severe. That's, that's the most severe vulnerability you can really have with the system is, is just mm. unauthenticated code execution as, you know, system administration level user. So this is the type of vulnerability that attackers are really looking for. So it was only a matter of time a short amount of time in this case where they started abusing it. And because I believe that, you know, the salt stack systems themselves are probably relatively beefy systems. They're probably uh, multi-core CPUs, plenty of disk and RAM. These systems were targeted for crypto mining software. So a piece of malware that we saw initially was called um, salt store. And what it would do is it would, it would kill off, other possible pieces of malware, but, but it would also kiss, kill off any sort of services that were using resources or resource-intensive services on that system, and then begin mining um, malware. They would install a copy of uh, XMR miner and begin mining um, cryptocurrency. So hmm. that was what these guys were mostly fighting. It had a remote access tool where it would set itself up in cron and pull down a script from uh, a remote server and then execute that script every minute in cron to ensure, you know, it had some sort of persistence on the system. And then if there was any commands being issued, they could be pulled through this, this you know, HTTP request to this script that was being executed and run from the remote server. There were, last I knew, five different versions of this, each version more malicious than the next. So this, you know this piece of malware actually went through like a development cycle. You know, initially there wasn't any persistence and then the developer of this malware created some sort of persistence using cron 
and then uh, you know it wasn't actually killing off every single possible piece of Linux malware. So they kept adding different things to look on the system for and kill. Um, eventually, it was flushing IP tables, firewall um, rules with IP tables dash app. So you know the, the clearly the the person who developed this was developing and testing and making adjustments to their malware as uh, they went along. So it was, it was an interesting thing to investigate and work on. Yeah, it's an interesting uh, thing you mentioned here that, that I think is a, a little bit of side information, but is worth mentioning that scans revealed that, that uh, about 6,000 deployments of SALT were exposed to the Internet, and that that's, shouldn't be? Yeah, I, typically the SALT... Uh, stack stuff was usually on an internal network, and I think perhaps folks had installed it and then accidentally left it exposed to the internet because it, it really should be something that is kept on an internal network and firewalled off from the rest of the internet. Hmm. So, in addition to uh, patching, perhaps uh, checking to checking that is is probably a good idea as well. Yeah, you know, it, it makes sure that your services are are firewalled off from folks that shouldn't be accessing them or using them. And, uh, you know, if you've got something that's not supposed to be on the DMZ, you really should make sure that it's not on the DMZ. Because some of these services seem to be not as hardened as services that are normally offered uh, out on the Internet as a regular thing. So, And so far, it's primarily been crypto mining that, that you've seen? Yeah, that's, that's, that's really what I've been seeing. Um, it's, it's all been crypto mining malware. Um, hopefully folks have gotten their systems fixed up and patched so that they can get ahead of this before other pieces of malware start to be developed and added to the, uh, list of things that they're installing on vulnerable salt hacks, salt stack systems. Is it fair to say, I mean, if, if they can execute code and they have root access, then I suppose the sky's the limit on the possibilities of what they could do. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, if, they've, if they've got root, then uh, they can, you know, destroy the system, exfiltrate data. Actually, I think the last thing that I had heard was uh, they were beginning to start to exfiltrate data off of these systems. So they were copying mm-hmm. files off. So it's it's really, really something that you need to get ahead of and patch and firewall off and make sure that your system is secure uh, if you're running SaltStack. And so the bottom line here, uh, I suppose, is uh, is patching, right? Yep, patching, you know, keeping an eye on your vendor, vendors notifying their customers when a new patch comes out, and then, uh, you know, especially working with vulnerability disclosures, um, you know, vendors should really work with, you know, security researchers and folks that, you know, disclose vulnerabilities, and then create a timeline of, of, you know, when the patches will be ready, notifying your customers of those patches, and then when that vulnerability is going to be publicly announced. Giving your customers a chance to patch systems uh, before an exploit is widely, you know, being used on the Internet for it is, is a, a plus. Yeah, it's interesting to note also that uh, one of the victims of this noted that um, the cryptocurrency mining had spiked their CPUs, which is one of the things that alerted them that they had an issue. Yeah, uh, crypto mining is, is very CPU intensive. So if, if folks are noticing 
resources on their systems spiking, specifically CPU, uh, that they don't normally expect. Uh, you know, if you're like, hey, my my backups normally run at 1 a.m., why, why is my CPU spiking at 8 p.m.? It might be something to investigate. Our thanks to Larry Cashdollar for joining us. The research is titled Salt Stack Vulnerabilities Actively Exploited in the Wild. We'll have a link in the show notes. And now a word from our sponsor, Netscope. Netscope is a worldwide leader in SASE and Zero Trust. Its unified platform, Netscope One, provides optimized access and zero trust security for people, devices, and data anywhere they go, helping customers reduce risk, accelerate performance, and get unrivaled visibility into any cloud, web, and private application activity. To learn more about how Netscope helps customers be ready for anything on their sassy journey, visit netskope.com. The CyberWire Research Saturday is proudly produced in Maryland out of the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co-building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. Our amazing CyberWire team is Elliot Peltzman, Peru Prakash, Stefan Vaziri, Kelsey Bond, Tim Nodar, Joe Kerrigan, Carol Terrio, Ben Yellen, Nick Vilecki, Gina Johnson, Bennett Moe, Chris Russell, John Petrick, Jennifer Iben, Rick Howard, Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening.